The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now I am joined in studio by Stephanie Preisner, who is a broadcaster and author and uh, a woman of many words. Stephanie, oh, good morning and welcome. I'm delighted to be here talking about books, my favourite thing to talk about. Yeah, you love books and you have recommended three. You could have recommended 300, I suspect. Oh, yes, I was texting earlier on saying, can I change one of my books? I don't <laughs> you can, know. of course. So what have you chosen? Number one. Okay, number one. Have you read In Defence of Elitism by Joel Stein? No. Oh my God, you're going to love it, Pat. It's so brilliant. So it is... So Joel Stein is... Uh, he, he's a comedian, but he's also a writer. And he went to the Trump uh, rally. He went to uh, the, the announcement of the gen, the general election with a bottle of wine, tr- brand Trump wine, um, just to toast Trump's failure. And then all of a sudden realised, oh, he's gotten in, didn't know what was going to happen. And looked at that in you know through the lens of like Trump had gotten in because he had been disparaging elites. And so the book is called In Defence of Elitism, Why I'm Better Than You and You're Better Than Someone Who Didn't Buy This Book. And he talks about two types of elites, the boat elite and the intellectual elite. So if I asked you, Pat, would you rather own a yacht or would you rather win a Nobel Prize? Which oh, Nobel Prize. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you are part of the intellectual elite. So am I. But there are people who want boats. They want possessions. They want material stuff. And they are elite because they have the money. But they are, he argues, less useful to us in the world because they don't help us to explain what's going yeah. on. They don't now, help now, us. Just a second. This business of the boat is intriguing because, you know, I'm not too big into boats. I enjoy the going sailing the odd time. But if you said to me, if you had a tax-free pad with a nice lawns carefully maintained in the south of France or a Nobel Prize, the choice might be tougher. The choice might be tougher. But even the fact that you're choosing the south of France, it's a place. Oh, that's elite as well. It's elite, (laughs) but you're not trying to show it off. Do you know what I mean? Like that would be a place for you with your creature comforts. You'd probably spend your time there reading books, educating yourself. It's not about heading to Monaco with your yacht and fighting with people who disagree with you. Okay. That's his argument. I'm, I'm not, I'm it's, not. A very, it's a very interesting argument. And obviously he was there. He must have been a supporter of Hillary Clinton then. He's a supporter, I think, of, of anyone anybody but who Trump. is not Trump. ABT. And ABT. And he, so the, bo- the book is just very funny and very, he is also aware of how patronising he's being as an elitist. Um, but I just even think the concept of defending elitism is is quite funny and um, mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, he's saying that you we now live in a world where someone's lived experience usurps someone's PhD in an area and that can be really dangerous where we're not looking to experts anymore. We're looking to someone. So say I'm autistic, okay? But that doesn't mean that I know everything about autism. There are doctors, there are people who, know, more than you who do. know far more than me. But, yeah. you know, in general elections, you know, it's Sarah Palin being like, this is my truth. This is how I feel. I've lived this. So you vote for me and I'll represent all of you. And it's like, well, actually, 
you have one person's experience and people who study mm. this and people who add to the acumen of human knowledge. Yeah. It's that kind of uh, anti-vax thing during yes. the COVID thing that people had maybe, they knew someone who had a I bad knew reaction. someone who to, had a bad reaction. Yeah, and that, and they, they discount all the science that says, by and large, this is a good thing. Herd immunity is a good thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it goes into all of that. It's in politics you know, science and it's also a really, really great read. It, it's the, the whole thing about a meritocracy, you know, the, the meritocracies work in very public ways that people don't even realise are meritocracies. I mean, the best footballers get paid the most, yes. you, by and large. Yeah. They get uh, bought by the most, best teams, the best teams the and so money. on. And that works in, in many ways of human endeavour, whether you're a snooker player mm-hmm. or a, a footballer or uh, an author. People won't buy your books if you're not a good writer. Yeah. And yet there's this thing that uh, you can't be favouring someone who's good at something because everyone has to be treated equally. Which I think is uh, is a huge downfall, particularly of my generation. <laughs> I think it might yeah. be due to... Pro- uh, well, I suppose I was the perpetrator of one for every member of the audience. You were, yeah, but that, <laughs> that's different when you're giving away treats. Uh, I, I suppose it is. But that idea that everyone at the sports gets a prize. And I'm, I'm torn about that because participation is everything. If you mm-hmm. can persuade everyone to be in the egg and spoon race, it's a better race than if some kids are left standing on the, the sideline looking on. Well, I'm I'm kind of experiencing at the moment. I'm big into Formula One. I've always been into Formula yeah? One. I am surprised. Are you? Yeah, because uh, particularly at the moment, it's a bit boring with Verstappen. That's I'm a the thing. Great I fan watching. of Formula One, but you know, this year it's just I a learned, nonsense. I learned about death through Ayrton Senna. You know, yeah. like that. I was watching that race with my mother, um, but. This year I've stopped watching because it's Max Verstappen is just winning everything. It's boring. It's tedious. There's no competition. Yeah. And then you have a, a f- kind of pseudo dramas when Hamilton gets disqualified because his floor is too thick. Yeah, and it's you know, it's they're really clutching at straws for something. To and, make and some I drama. feel like because they they have this Netflix series now, they're creating drama where it doesn't need to be. Like back when it was just the race and we were just racing cars, it was it, it was better. Yeah, we also liked it when it was unfortunately this is true, more dangerous. Yeah. It's it's after getting a little bit sterile, you know, when they yeah. can't even overtake whole races behind a safety car. Yeah, I think it was uh, one of the Irish drivers, I think it was David Kennedy, I heard him, I think, on Off the Ball again, who was saying that instead of having all these chicanes, they should have much wider bends so that the racers have a right go at each other on the bends. Yeah. You know, instead of forming a queue going into a chicane, make it, allow them to race. Nice. Yeah, but... I guess then it's about like how how safe is that, and then we don't want people dying. But you know, when you're driving at 300 kilometers an hour, do you know yeah. safety? Make the cars safe, yeah. but make the action make the more action dangerous, maybe more dangerous. And more okay, second book. <laughs> Sorry, second book. Um, we can okay. Speaking of danger, this is with the end in mind by. Catherine Mannix, Dr. Catherine Mannix. Have you read it? No, no, it's you're in- introducing me to new things. This, well, this one is amazing. It's called Death, Dying and Wisdom in an Age of Denial. And Catherine Mannix is a palliative, has been a palliative care doctor for decades. And she explores this taboo subject of death and its profound impact on our lives. And so she, she draws on her experience of dying patients and their families, but she offers this amazing insight into the process of dying. Like, how do we die? And I read it before my grandmother died. And it just made the whole process far less traumatic for me. Like I knew, so she talks about how, you know, so 
when you're young, we measure things in, in, in kind of decades. So I was a, I used to be able to walk five kilometres without being tired. And 10 years later, I can walk four kilometres. You know, the change yeah. is happening 10 years over 10 years. But when people come to the end of their life, you might notice that things are happening quick, more quickly. Or, and then she talks about how you might try to rouse your, your relative in the middle of the day and they go into this deep, deep sleep. Like they're deeply unconscious for periods of the day and they'll say, oh, I didn't hear the phone ringing. Or my grandmother used to go down for a nap listening to the radio and she'd say, God, I don't think, I don't think I slept, but I don't think that show was on. You know, she just would totally yeah. miss Moncrief or whatever she was listening to because she would have gone into a deeply unconscious state. And Sean is not one to put people to sleep. Absolutely not. With all of his talk of pharaohs and sex and ancient poo. <laughs> <laughs> There's always something bizarre with Sean. Um, so, um, okay, so that's uh, book number two. Very profound. Very profound, uh, and I recommend anyone read it. It gives you a better sense of life and also a better sense of less fear around death and how it happens. And naturally. the third book. And the third book, very quickly, is also kind of sad. It's called. It's my favorite book ever. It's called. Once More We Saw Stars and it's by Jason Green. He's a New York Times writer. He's amazing at writing. Basically, the book starts off and it's very sad. He, he he had a two-year-old daughter, Greta. She went out for a walk in Brooklyn with her grandmother and a brick fell off a windowsill, hit her in the head and she died. And the book is about how you manage the grief of that. It's the next year of his and his wife's life, how they process the grief and the anger. It's beautifully insightful. And for anyone who's going through grief or loss, the 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 truth in it and the emotion in it is absolutely profound. Yeah. Do you ever read anything for the crack? <laughs> in defense of elitism for the crack, I do. I love true crime, but I thought I would bring something well. We do a lot of true crime on, yes. on the show. Well, thank you very much, Stephanie, for joining us. Those uh, uh, three books. Once more, we saw stars by uh, Jason Green, with the end in mind by Catherine Mannix, and the third one in defense was of in elitism. defense of elitism. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.